Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. This movie sucked. Don't see it. What? Is that a wrap? Are we, are we, is that a podcast? Are we, should we just end it there? What? Like, like, really? Really? This is, like, the first movie we've seen where, like, it's been so bad. That's what you've wanted to say. Like, just right up front. All right, let's get into it. We'll talk about the film. Okay. Let's, yeah. Uh, perhaps explain some of this. Let's let's well, let's see how I came to this conclusion. If you really want me to talk about the film, yeah. If we have to, yeah. Brave. It is the next Pixar movie. So a bit of returning to our roots because our very first uh, podcast we ranked the twelve Pixar films. And uh, this is the very next Pixar film to come out since we've done that. So uh, we'll definitely be putting Brave uh, somewhere on that Pixar rank that we did uh, close to a year ago. So that's it. That's exciting. For the next Pixar film to come out, it's a big deal. Cars 2, we were very disappointed with. We both agreed it wasn't up to the Pixar standard, the previous 11. So I guess for Pixar, a shot at redemption here. Yeah, I kind of get a little irritated when people talk about Cars 2 because I'm trying to pretend that it doesn't exist. I, yeah. In my mind, I was like, will Brave continue Pixar's great run uh, <laughs> rather than having to redeem themselves from Cars 2? Mm. Mm. The Cars 2 did exist. It is a film. They do have to redeem themselves yeah, with Brave. Well, there's no need to remind me of that. So what's Brave about, Matt? Okay. Okay, let's fill the people in. It's about a, a girl, Rita, who is a princess. She's a princess. Her dad is the king. Her mum is the queen. I guess that's how princesses work. <laughs> um, and she is forced in the castle to do a lot of princess-like things. Mm-hmm. Behave, good posture, all these sorts of things. But she's a bit of a free spirit. She doesn't like uh, the princess life she just wants to be out doing archery and riding horses and climbing waterfalls and and being on adventures and things. Uh, so there's a bit of tension with her mother. What I like about this is this is the first female lead character we've had yes. in a Pixar film, and they write the character so that she only wants to do boy things. Yeah. Way to undo this sort of negative lack of appreciation or representation of women in your films, Pixar? Well, well, Jonathan, though, like, let's say they do the first lead about a girl character and she wants to just do girly things, right? Then aren't people going to go, you've put women in a box, Pixar. You know, women all have to be, like, sitting at home, doing their nails, <laughs> making doilies, whatever, like... They can even go like the angle where she breaks the female stereotype like she does in this <laughs> film and and people go, oh, she has to be doing boy stuff. Or she's doing the girly stuff and then it's Pixar people don't understand women. They just think they're all girly girls. Yeah, I don't think that would be good. I think the problem with either of those mm. is they're very one-dimensional mm. characters. Yeah. I feel like that is the real problem here. Okay. So what what would you have had her be like? if you were doing this film? I would have given her traits that are unique to being a girl. So just, I like getting pregnant a lot and having a period. If that's the only difference between men and women, yeah, that's what they should have done. (laughs) (laughs) So 
She is quite upset in the movie when it is revealed that she is set to be betrothed. There are three families coming in, each with a, a, a male suitor for her, and they will be competing for her in some sort of game or competition. It's pretty much the Hunger Games. There's a girl, she does archery, there's a competition. Yeah. Some other stuff happens. People representing different groups competing. Mm. Yeah. What, what did you think of this whole idea of um, the competition to win the princess? Can you understand her frustration? Do you think she's making a big deal about nothing? Well, as a plot point, I think it's interesting. Everyone likes a competition, a game, mm-hmm. who's going to win, which yeah. of these people will be the best. But it wasn't a very interesting competition. They didn't have a clear set of rules. They didn't have interesting challenges. Or they just seemed to do one thing, and they didn't do it very well, and it wasn't exciting. Well, here's, here's the rules, right? And from what I gather, the rules to this competition, it was the winner gets to marry... Uh, the princess. The second one was that she got to choose what the competition was. And the only person who could enter was the firstborn of one of the four families. She found a loophole and then she won. So she won her own hand. I don't think that's a very interesting twist. They were just going to ignore that anyway. Everyone's just going to go, look, that's not how it works. You can't just win your own hand. We're going to keep on going anyway. And they did. Everyone just stuck around to find out what was actually going to happen. No one thought that was the real result. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Also, I think, like, she shot three arrows and hit three bullseyes. The guy that she beat only got one shot. <laughs> Don't you think they should have, like, at least given him a chance to, like, uh, have two more shots to see if he got two more bullseyes and force it to a light decider? Like, I don't know why she thought she was allowed to have two more shots than everyone else. Um, but, yeah, so... I can understand her frustration. Yeah. She's being forced to marry someone. She's only little. I don't know how old she's supposed to be. Maybe 14, 12? I don't know. She's young. A, she's younger. Too young to marry. She doesn't want to marry. I can understand that. Mm. I was at least somewhat relieved for her because at one point, like, the three boats for the three families are coming into port for e- and, and each of these families has the person uh, leading their family, like, at the front of the ship, like, doing sort of a war cry or something. And I honestly thought these were the three people that she was going to be betrothed to. <laughs> And they were pretty old men. <laughs> well, two of them were pretty old, and one of them looked a bit younger, but he looked just mental. Like, so, like, he, he'd seen Braveheart. He loved Braveheart, so he, he got the makeup. Like, the guy sees, uh, sees Batman and uh, comes up the next day with the Joker makeup on. <laughs> I was very relieved when it turns out it was their kids that were being betrothed, not these three <laughs> lunatic old people. This isn't really the point of the film, though. The point of the film is her relationship with her mum. It's about a kid who doesn't want to do what her parents want them to do. And it's about a parent who loves their kid and wants the best for them, but what they want is not necessarily what the kid wants. Mm. It's literally that simple. That's what they based a hundred-minute film on. Mm. They're not three-dimensional characters. They're not two-dimensional characters. They have one dimension. It's, I don't want to do what you want to do. Mm. I want you to do what I want you to do. That's it. That's the whole conflict of the film. And that's mm. what we're supposed to be invested in for a hundred... A hundred minutes is a long time for an animated kids' film. And mm. I was supposed to care about that for a hundred minutes. Mm. I think the mother had a faulty argument when talking to the girl in the in disagreements. 
she said that the kingdoms will be at war unless you pick someone, right? Would that really, though, cause more conflict amongst these these three or four very sort of arrogant alpha sort of type of families if you actually establish a pecking order amongst them? Like, I know if a girl turns me down, I'm pretty upset. If a girl turns me down and then picks someone else, I'm so much more upset than I was than I was of her just turning me down. I kind of go, oh, well, she's just crazy. Oh, she's not ready for a relationship, yada, yada, yada. But they pick someone else, they go, oh, they, they just didn't like me. I think the point is that they all turned up there with rules in mind. That here's three of us, we'll compete, you'll pick one. When they get messed around and they don't know what's happening and one doesn't get picked, then they just fill in the time by fighting. Yeah. I think that's where the problem arises. Mm. So anyway, this is too much drama for the princess, so she runs away. Like most kids do in movies when they're upset with their parents. <laughs> there's a witch. Yes, she finds that there's little magical... What are, what are they, little magical lights Wisps. that she follows? Wisps. Um, so she follows them into the woods, and they lead her to a witch's hut. Now, she obviously hasn't seen The Little Mermaid, because otherwise uh, she may have been a bit more careful of, like, witches and doing deals with witches and things. But I actually think the witch turns out to be quite good. Right? No. No? Tell me why you don't think the witch is good. The witch gave a spell to someone previously, hmm. and she tricked them, hmm. and they are the bad guy in the film. She created the bad guy in the film. You know, you've got to be... She did the exact same thing to Marita, but they... has her trying to avoid that. But if she wasn't able to do that, she'd have just created another bad guy by tricking these people that she gives spells to. She didn't trick anyone. Okay, a reasonable part of the problem comes from Marita going to the witch and she says, I want a spell. Yes. I want a spell that'll change my mother. She doesn't say how. That is literally all she says. Change. Change could be anything. Change could make her into a leaf, make her have yellow hair, make her be a chair. Why would you not specify what you want her to be changed to? I agree. So I guess in that regard, you can't blame... The witch for not giving her exactly what she wanted, but the witch giving her a bad thing, and the guy who asked for the thing the originally, he asked for something specific, so it wasn't his fault. They both get given bad things because she's a bad witch, and the fact that they happen to try and mend that throughout the film doesn't make the witch not bad. Look, she asked for a spell from the witch. She paid for it, and the witch gave her exactly what she asked for. I, I, look, I think this princess is an idiot. Um, who meets some mysterious, strange witch in the middle of the woods and gives a ridiculously vague spell request? Like, especially, she didn't even tell the witch her story. I don't think this makes the witch good. I think you're just pointing out a massive flaw in the script, which I agree is there. It's, yeah. a, it's a terrible character and a terrible script. Mm. But I don't know why you phrased it as make, saying the witch is good. Well, she's not necessarily good, but I don't think she's bad either. She's just someone who, like, she's just a business person who is going about business. 
She gives her a clue, a riddle, in order to how to solve the situation. It's the simplest clue I've ever seen in a film. Yeah. The person next to me said, it's that. Like, a second after. And I was like, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It takes them forever to figure this out. And even when they do figure it out, they just waste time doing other things instead of fixing it. I would agree with that, but again, that's not really the witch's fault, as you said. She gave. I don't want to talk about the witch. It's not about the witch. <laughs> she gave a very simple clue. I think that's good for the witch to have given us. Who cares clue. about the witch? This is it. I don't want to talk about the witch. Whether the witch is good or bad is not important. It's she, the, the fact that the film sucks is what I'm trying to convey on the podcast. She was my favorite character, the witch. <laughs> Okay, well, moving on from the witch, the girl uh, gives her mum the spell and it changes her mum, not, surprise, surprise, not in the way she wanted her mum to be changed. And the mum is not too pleased with what the spell does either. Like, it's a pretty douchey spell to give your mum. The girl, for someone who has just done something douchey to her mum... She's very defensive and, like, whenever she's talking about it, like, like is going, it's not my fault, blame the witch, don't blame me, oh, well, this is because you were being unreasonable. Like, she's very, she's a very arrogant character. Like, she doesn't like accepting blame much. No, neither her nor the film seems to actually address any of the issues actually at hand. They just waste time doing other things. Yeah. So that's pretty much the story. We can't really tell you any more without spoiling it. It's about her trying to resolve her relationship with her mum after this spell has gone wrong. Yes. So, Jonathan, what did you like about the film? I liked her brothers, the little brothers. Yeah, they were fun. The little bears, they were kind of cute. I liked the the wisps, the design of the little floaty mm. blue spirity things. They were cool. And... I like the graphics from a technical point of view. I think their ability to nail the sort of flowing hair on the horse and the drops from the waterfall, mm-hmm. I think were, in terms of 3D animation, some of the best we've seen. I think technically, I like the graphics. I think um, what what I liked about the film is I like the boys too. I like the witch and her crow. When I view Pixar films, unless it's like Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Cars 2, I'm I'm looking for a new world for them to create that is very different from the other world we've seen in Pixar films. I want to I want to escape into a different world. The sequels I don't mind actually Cars 2 I would have rather it being closer to the original world they created rather than trying to create some weird spy sort of universe uh, with Cars. But uh, when I see a new Pixar film, I'm wanting to see a new environment, a new world, sort of just to escape into. And I think they actually did a good job of creating a new world here. Like, it was very different sort of landscape and sort of setting than all the other Pixar films. It was medieval. It was sort of in Scotland. You've got those beautiful forests and, 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 and rolling sort of hills and seeing, like, her galloping on her horse, doing the archery through these environments. I thought it looked really cool, and I did was able to escape into that world. So I thought that uh, that's probably the thing I like the most about it, and it brilliant, brilliantly animated too. What are some of the things you didn't like about the film, Matt? Um, well, I thought for a film... Uh, that sort of set in this environment with sort of four sort of different families 
uh, people sort of like uh, like some sort of power, some sort of like an alliance formed between four families that seems somewhat tenuous, a bit Game of Thrones-ish perhaps, uh, a world with magic, you know, witchcraft and spells and little wisps and, and things like that. A girl trying to sort of rise against the establishment, uh, trying to challenge things, trying to be find her own voice, be her own person, uh, a bit of archery, which I think we all love too. I think this film had a lot of great ingredients, but it didn't seem to come together heaps well. I should have enjoyed this film a lot more uh, than I did because, like, I feel like there wasn't enough of an adventure in this film, like, to, to do something or find something and meet more characters along the way. I think I would have preferred that to they sort of just go into the woods for a bit then they come back to the castle. It was very, I guess, one-dimensionally done. What did you not like about the movie? A lot. Nearly all of it. From the beginning, I didn't like the character design. I felt like we'd seen these kind of characters in animated films before. I didn't think it was at all original, and I didn't find it visually mm-hmm. entertaining. The accents. I can't. You can't just get angry at a whole country for sounding how the country sounds. I actually have some Scottish ancestry... But the whole film, I found it annoying. They, there was a really grating style of Scottish accent that most of the characters mm-hmm. had. I've met Scottish people, not that irritating. Mm. People in this film, irritating. The soundtrack, obnoxious. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. Fortunately, I think there's only about three songs in the film, but they were so mushy, so grating. This, this terrible woman singing over this Scottish Highland whatever, which was supposed to make the scene poignant, but it wasn't a poignant scene to begin with, and it was an irritating song. Mm-hmm. It takes about half an hour for the film to get started. There's a lot of setup that, that we really we, we understand. We, we get the setup within about five minutes, but it takes about 30 minutes for the film to start. Mm-hmm. When it starts, it's very cliched plot, very cliched dialogue, awful dialogue, with one-dimensional characters. So I don't care about the characters on their boring journey. Mm. It's not funny. Pixar films are supposed to make you laugh. They're supposed to be entertaining. This had people flashing buns, tweaking nipples, someone diving into between a woman's breasts. These are cheap, low-brow, immature, not-funny jokes. And you say, oh, it's a kid's film. It's supposed to be immature. no. Pixar films are sophisticated, they're clever, and they make me as an adult laugh. This film did not make me laugh. All the key plot points are really obvious. You see them coming from a mile away, and yet the film just wanders. Instead of dealing with the problem, oh, we'll just go, like, catch fish for 20 minutes. That's not entertaining. That's not solving a problem. There's no pace. There's no urgency in the film. That was showing the relationship coming together. Well, they could have done that in a shorter amount of time and having them do more of an interesting activity to convey that. Yeah, Because well, I, I got that. bored. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying what the purpose was of that scene. There was actually a purpose to that. I wasn't like, oh, let's let them fish for 20 minutes. Finally, the film ends, an end that you knew was coming, and it's really sappy, and you're not emotionally affected by it or entertained. So from start to finish, that's what I didn't like about the film. I think both of us probably think this isn't one of the best Pixar films of all time, correct? Um, I'm wondering uh, if they were hurt by um, 
a small role for John Ratzenberger. <laughs> because uh, as I think listeners will know, uh, at least listeners to our first ever podcast, John Ratzenberger is in every single Pixar film. <laughs> every single Pixar film that's ever been done. Sometimes he's got bigger roles like Ham in Toy Story or The Flea in Bugs Life. And sometimes he's got smaller roles like The School of Fish in Finding Nemo or a construction worker in Up. In this film, it was very hard for me to find out who he played on the internet, which is not a good sign. I didn't notice him in the film when I watched it. He's apparently someone called Gordon. It's apparently one of the guards at the castle. Uh, Me and Jonathan were debating for the podcast whether he even had a line. (laughs) I'm assuming he must have. He was credited. But we couldn't tell you what that line was. Do you... Do you think this film would have been helped if they gave John Ratzenberger a more prominent role? I feel like all my dislikes that I had with the with the film would have been voided if John Ratzenberger <laughs> had a prominent role. It would have all been washed away by John Ratzenberger. I'm looking at our Pixar rank, and it does look like a lot of the ones with... Like our top three, Toy Story 3, Monsters, Inc. and Toy Story, John Ratzenberger has a prominent role in all three <laughs> of them. Uh, but then I look at our bottom three, Cars 2, Cars, and Bugs Life. Jurassenberger also has a fairly prominent role in, well, not Cars 2, but in, in Cars and a Bugs Life he does. So it might not be the deciding factor in what's a great Pixar film, but I'm not going to lie. They're doing themselves no favours by giving him a less prominent role. Like, when I think to Cars and Bugs Life, John Ratzenberger is one of the highlights of both of those movies. <laughs> now... I get the sense you didn't really enjoy this movie. But just because you don't enjoy something doesn't mean you can't learn from it. And we have this great segment, What Has Blank Taught Us, uh, where we where we learn a lesson from a movie. And I'm sure uh, in uh, Brave was long enough that there was a lesson in there for you, Jonathan. So what has Brave taught you? Brave has taught me that little bears are cute and can provide mild comedy. Mm-hmm. Whereas big bears make for boring characters in bad movies. Mm. What has Brave taught you, Matt? I uh, learnt from Brave that it seems like Pixar has been working on a character that would do well in The Hunger Games. (laughs) (laughs) So I was a big fan of that book. Just repeating the character that won The Hunger Games? Yeah. Yeah, because I was watching this film going, boy, that, that princess, she's a regular Katniss. Katniss. <laughs> I guess I also learnt, bears can be pretty good at charades. <laughs> Might want a bear in your charades team. Um, anyway, I referenced it earlier. Let's dust off the old Pixar rank that we did. What we did is we broke uh, the Pixar films into three echelons. High, middle, low. Um, and I, I'll just quickly go through the order now, and then we might discuss where we'd like to place Brave. Okay? Sounds good. Okay. One, Toy Story 3. Two, Monsters, Inc. Three, Toy Story. Four, Up. Five, Wally. Then we go down to the middle echelon. Six, Ratatouille. Seven, Finding Nemo. Eight, The Incredibles. Nine, Toy Story 2. And then we go to the lower echelon. Ten, A Bug's Life. Eleven, Cars. And 12, Cars 2. Cars 2, we thought there was quite a gap between that and Cars, um, just just to refresh people's memory. Jonathan, what case, where do you think um, 
Bray should rank? Maybe somewhere in between Ratatouille and Finding Nemo? Maybe somewhere around seven, perhaps? I'll just quickly explain my thoughts on the rank and how I feel about Pixar as a whole so you can get a better representation of uh, what it means by where I place this film. Mm. I really like Pixar. Mm. I think all these films are great except for Cars, which was a bit average, and Cars 2, which was bad. Mm. I feel like we've got the order pretty correct. I agree with the low, the middle, and the high. I've actually rewatched a lot of these since we've done mm. the uh, the rank about a year ago. I would say that I really like all, all the... Pixar films above Cars, and I'd say three of them are actually in my favorite favorite movies of all time: Ooh. Wally, Monsters Inc., and Toy Story Three, mm-hmm. which are both in our in our higher all section, not necessarily the top three, mm-hmm. but it was a combined list. Mm. So when a new Pixar film came out, I really wanted it to be good. I hoped mm. it would be good. I expected it to be good. Mm. It was bad, like. Cars too bad. <laughs> the only question is, do I rank this twelve or thirteen? That that's the, there's really no other place to put this. Well, I wanted it ranked at fifth, so we're going to have to compromise here. No, you didn't. You didn't want it at fifth. <laughs> Not a fact. <laughs> yeah, like uh, with Pix, I am absolutely in love with Pixar. I, I think they're incredible. This was a studio that was able to to do 11 close to perfect films in a row. And by perfect, I mean get critical acclaim, uh, smash the box office. Um, so, like, I have so much respect for them. I, I like Cars. I, I think Cars is the weakest of their first 11, but I think it's in the same league. I'm happy it being part of the canon I, I think, you know, 10 is a bug's life, which I love, and, and I don't think Cars is too far off it. Uh, so uh, it, it, it was very disappointing last year when Cars 2 broke that that really probably unprecedented in cinema streak of success and acclaim. Cars 2 still did very well in the box office. Uh, Brave might as well. So on one level, they still are turning out uh, hits. Yeah, Brave uh, is definitely one of the weakest. I, I think it's better than Cars 2. As a movie? I think I'll put Brave 13. I think I was more disappointed when I saw Cars 2 because at that point, Pixar had a perfect record. Whereas this time, I knew their last film wasn't so good. I saw the trailer, was not impressed. My expectations weren't that high. And yet I was still fairly disappointed. Cars 2 was pretty all over the place, but I think I remember there being at least some action, some entertainment, some laughs. I think I'd put Cars 2 higher. Okay, well, we've got a disagreement, which is an unprecedented for this rank list. Uh, what do we do? Like, I, I think, I, I, I also, uh, yeah, I think, I think Brave should be twelve. Uh, you can, you can put Brave at twelve, and I would, wouldn't think it was crazy. Any higher than twelve, and I, I, we'd have, we'd have serious issues. But I, you, we can put it at twelve. There we go, guys. The list has been updated. Some of the loudest paper waving we've had on the podcast. <laughs> well, it's a big one. Um, so, Brave at 12, Cars 2 at 13. Poor Cars 2 just getting bumped down lower and lower every year. Yeah, so I guess we're a bit worried for Pixar now. There's sort of two not great films in a row. Would you like to wrap up our thoughts on Brave with a, a screen verdict? Yeah, give it a 7 out of 10.
Really? I guess, like... A 7 out of 10. Well, it's still like, a, like compared to the Pixar ones, it's rubbish, but I give most of these Pixar films like an 8 or a 9 out of 10. Maybe 6.5 out of 10. I think I've summed up my thoughts enough on the film. I'm just going to say yeah. two things. One, the rating. I'm going to give it 3.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. This is well below average, but it wasn't one of the worst things <sighs> I've seen. And two, it was worth the money that I paid to see it. Now you're saying, Jonathan, that's crazy. <laughs> what are you talking about? You just don't make any sense anymore these days, Jonathan. <laughs> the reason why is because before Brave, they showed a short film. I believe it was called La Luna. Yes. A Pixar short about a boy who I think is taken out by his father and grandfather, or at least a middle-aged and an elderly man, hmm. to throw an anchor out onto the moon and to sweep stars hmm. on the moon. Yep. I thought it was beautiful. I think it was one of my favourite short films I've ever seen. It was amazing. Wow. I loved it. I don't know how long. It was about 10 minutes, but it was 10 minutes of perfection. Yeah. It was stunning. And that was worth the, the $15 or whatever yeah. I paid. Uh, I thought it was too cute by half, but I did really like it too. <laughs> like, I, I really enjoyed it and thought it was great, but I did think a little... Eh, little trying a bit too hard to be adorable there, Pixar. <laughs> uh, but no, that was great. So that's a screen verdict. Yes. Now it's time to uh, crack open that housekeeping door. What have we got in housekeeping this week, Matt? Well, God, I guess, uh, well, obviously, as always, people, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, goes without saying. But we've got two big bits of news of housekeeping today, two things to discuss. One is our Game of Thrones competition. You can win a Game of Thrones book. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. If you uh, post a suggested tagline for Season 3 of Game of Thrones, it should be Something is Coming... And if you haven't seen Game of Thrones before, you can still enter. Just come up with something nerdy. Could even just do Thrones is coming. If that's the best answer we get, you win a book. <laughs> um, so pretty good. So yeah, you've got to like us on Facebook and post that on our Facebook wall. Competition closes at the end of the month, so it's winding down now. The second thing to discuss in housekeeping, a little bit of a, a story, I guess. Last night I tried my hand at uh, stand-up comedy. Um, I gave that a go. always been wanting to do this for years. Uh, and I went down to the Crow's Nest Hotel uh, to do, to do a, a five- to seven-minute set in a competition, a stand-up competition. Jonathan, you came. You came to w- watch I me. Did. And uh, plenty of fans of the podcast came to uh, support, support me too, which was really nice. I guess we had uh, maybe about 10 people from the pod, podcast listeners come along. So it was pretty cool. Had people recognising us by our voices. Some of my friends were like, I recognise your voice. Recognise me. And all your friends. Oh, yeah, from the po- yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Jonathan, how did you find my comedy act? How did you find the evening? Be honest. Not Lorax honest, but be honest. It was a pr- pretty fun evening. There was... Eight contestants yep. competing for two spots to go through to the final, and then yep. the winner of the final win $500. So, yep. big, big prize up for grabs. Yeah. Not as good as a Game of Thrones book, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty fun night. I enjoyed your performance. I thought your uh, material was pretty good. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I think you slightly overran the five to seven minute <laughs> time limit. 
I did look over while I was doing my act at the like guy running, like the MC and the guy running it, sort of talking to each other. Like <laughs> they, they looked a bit like, when is this guy going to get off? I suspect that you left the preparation a little late. You could perhaps uh, <laughs> tune it up a bit, practice it. But I thought it was pretty good. Honestly, I probably would have ranked you maybe third or fourth out of the, okay. the eight people. Yeah, because there were I think two of the people there that were, were really really good. Actually, I was surprised by yeah. the standard actually for just like a local open mic yeah. competition. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought you did well. I thought it was a good night. Yeah. Three people made it through the final. They decided to yeah, choose a wild card. A wild card. Uh, I didn't get the wild card. Um, I think the two people you said were thought were very good, they got through, and uh, the third person I'm calling a bit of shenanigans on. Um, <laughs> think think I probably did as good a job as him. Maybe he stuck to the five to seven minutes, and they thought this guy knows where it's at. Like we're not going to add a wild card and have that person take up like extra time on the night. <laughs> Perhaps is what they were thinking. But yeah, no, the, the, it was it was a fun night. I was a bit nervous up there, which probably affected it. Luckily, a lot of my jokes were around me being a bit nervous, so I think that sort of helped me a bit. Um, I had a prop in one of my pockets, which I couldn't find, so that made for a bit of an awkward moment, me sort of fumbling around in my pockets trying to find this prop um, that I couldn't get out. Yeah, and the, the, the person I think that like was the best was the girl stand-up comic, which... Uh, I don't know if I can. It's get... only surprising because of statistics, because there's only one out one girl out of eight. Well I was gonna say, you said to me before the night, you're like, there's one girl on the list, so you've definitely beaten her. I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember that. She was the best. She was the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there we go. Uh, just just uh, and I guess I would like to just say a big thanks to all the Screen Verdict listeners who came along to hear me uh have a crack at stand up. It's uh, definitely something I'd like to try again, sort of perfect, polish a little, and um, yeah, I guess keep you posted on future dates and things if you ever want to come along and hear me again. Mm. Sounds fun. Yeah, Are you, would you give stand-up comedy a go? Yeah, next time something similar rolls around, I might have a go. It'll be fun. Mm. Okay, guys, uh, I think that's a brave podcast. It sucked. Don't see it. Okay. Goodbye. See ya.